0: Before our daughter was born, we didn't know if our baby would be a boy or a girl. All we knew was a 50-50 chance, having one or the other. Nowadays, most people find out about 20 weeks before we know of someone that they know they're going to be having a baby girl. The reason is that women can have scans and find out so you can predict, you know, pretty, you can predict you know exactly what you're going to be having. But if you went back thousands of years before scans and say someone predicted that the baby, the unborn baby would be a boy, but they also accurately prophesied the birthplace, the time of the birth, the baby's name, the life they would live and how they would die And all of this, hundreds of years earlier, we'd be looking at something extraordinary. Would you not agree? That's how it was with the birth of Jesus. Thousands of years before he came. Before his coming. His birth was a major theme of the Old Testament. Well, what the major theme was actually... Somebody's coming. Right through the Old Testament. You just read it through from Genesis. Somebody's coming. And every Christmas there's still the feeling, not that somebody's coming, but somebody has come. And it still overwhelms us as it did nearly 2,000 years ago on that first Christmas day when he came. That somebody, of course, was the Messiah, the long awaited Messiah, Jesus. Now, even more incredible is this the fact that the Old Testament was finished 450 years before Jesus was born. Not only that, it's written by, was it written by about 40? I'm just trying to find it here. (laughs) By by, how many is it? Forty, written by forty different writers, all saying the same thing. Over a period of 500 years, and contains 345 prophecies that all find accurate fulfillment in the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection. Jesus now that's proof in itself that Jesus is who he says he was so what was the big deal why was it that from the time that God made the world that the arrival of his son was prophesied and all mapped out hundreds years before by so many different writers 345 prophetic words What's the big deal about this one birth? Well, of course, the big deal was that this would be the greatest event that that had ever hit the planet. And God knows that our greatest need is not world peace. Nor is it more food to feed the hungry, better hospitals, better relationships, better medicine, all of those are fantastic and wonderful in themselves. But friends, our greatest need is for a saviour, to save us from our sins and to rescue us from a lost eternity in eternal, everlasting darkness. When the angels announced the birth of Jesus, they said this, Unto us is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. And so this Christmas, this evening we celebrate together a saviour has been born. Might I add it doesn't get better than that. The birth of Jesus was the most prophesied birth of all time. Well that goes without saying doesn't it? But just compare this for a moment if you would with Buddha and Mohammed. Both of them were born about 500 years before the birth of Jesus, both developed teachings and large followings, but nobody ever predicted their births, either of them. There were no prophecies before these men were born. And yet, in comparison, 345 prophecies in the Old Testament, all fulfilled by Jesus no one no one begins to compare with Jesus he is the greatest of all my conclusion our conclusion there is only one true living God not many and his name is Jesus he is the only way to heaven. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. There is salvation, there is, nor is there salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven, given among men, by which we must be saved. No other name. No other name, friends. No other name. Only one name. That name is Jesus. Wow. So what are the odds? What's the chances of fulfilling 345 prophecies just by coincidence, just by chance. Well, Dr. Stoner, he looked at the odds of, let's just take eight of the 345 Old Testament prophecies, the odds of them being fulfilled. The American scientific affiliation found his scientific material to be accurate. So this has got scientific backing. Dr. Stoner came to the conclusion that the probability of just eight of the 345 prophecies being fulfilled in the life of one person by chance is staggeringly minute to the point of being impossible. The chance of this happening has been estimated at one with 17 zeros after it. So the chance of this happening, just eight of 345 prophecies in one person, is not one chance in a million, nor one in a billion, nor one in a trillion. By my calculation, it is one chance in 100 quadrillion. In other words, impossible. It could not be by chance. It could not be by accident. The fact that all these prophecies from birth to death were accurately fulfilled in Jesus is one of the proofs he really is who he said he is, the Savior of the world, who died for your sins and who died for my sins. So many people doubt the reality of Jesus and who he was in his birth. But friends, prophecy in itself is ample evidence that the hand of God was behind all of this. So Isaiah 9 verse 6 reads this way. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. We can't look at the baby that was born without looking at the son that was given. In other words, Jesus' birth was just the start of his earthly life. But it was by his death that he completed his life's work of being the savior of the world. Just don't look at the baby born, see the son crucified. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son, that whoever Whoever, whoever, isn't that amazing? Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Sometimes we look but we don't see. Is that right? For example, often after I've had my breakfast, I'll clean the bench. Scrub it from one end to the other. (laughs) Elbow grease. Takes me 10, 15 minutes just to clean the bench. And all the men agreed with me, said, (laughs) yep. Then Adrian comes along and she says, how come there's crumbs all over the bench? (laughs) I looked, but I didn't see. This Christmas, multitudes of people are going to look at Christmas cards with images of Jesus. They'll look at nativity scenes. They'll even go to school plays about the Christmas story. Some will even attend church. They will look, but they will not see. They will not see. See, they'll see the child that was born. But they'll miss the Son of God who was given to die for the sins of mankind and they miss the whole point of Christmas. They look but they do not see. Let's go to Luke chapter 2 and just read a little story about Simeon. In Luke 2.25 it says there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was just and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Being revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, he would not see death before he had seen, that's the key word, the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your words. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Luke tells us that Simeon was a good man who served in the temple during Christ's birth. We could call him a bucket lister. Now, I haven't seen the movie, The Bucket List. But I'm told it's about two men with terminal cancer who go off together to fulfill their bucket list. In other words, the list of all the things they really want to do before they kick the bucket. Well, Simeon was a bucket lister. Why? Because he had something he had to do before he died. Simeon's bucket list had only one item on it. Only one item. Which was to see Israel's Savior, Jesus, before he died. And when Joseph and Mary took Jesus into the temple, Simeon saw the Christ. And now he was ready to die and depart in peace. Can I say that, friends, as mankind and humanity, every one of us is not ready to die until we have seen the Christ, the Savior of the world, Jesus, the Son of God. Be sure this Christmas you look but you also see, see the Saviour, don't just see the baby born but see the son crucified just for you. I was watching a TV program and I noticed surprisingly day after day they went on about Christmas with incredible excitement. And yet, they had no idea about a saviour being born. Yeah, they knew about a baby in a manger, but not about a saviour. And to me, it's always been staggering that multiplied millions of people across the globe celebrate and they sing songs about Jesus. And yet the vast majority have no idea what they are celebrating How do you get billions of people, world leaders, doctors, professors, scientists, CEOs, people of all walks celebrating an event that they know very little about? That in itself is a miracle. How do you get billions of people to celebrate? No idea what they're celebrating. Maybe, maybe there's an atmosphere in this season that's charged with a presence of God that somehow, I don't know, this is my guess, possibility, stirs people to get into a season of great joy and great celebration in many cases. I want to look at a key prophecy that related to the birth of Jesus. And it was this that he would be born of a virgin, Isaiah 7:14. Says this the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. We call him Emmanuel. One woman said, A virgin birth, I can believe. But three wise men. <laughs> You know, some people just can't believe in a virgin birth because it's, it's sort of like it's just too miraculous. But you see, the God we serve is all about the miraculous. Yes. He left earth miraculously, super energy. He ascended before the disciples into heaven. That's how he ascended. So the fact that he came supernaturally to earth is just no big deal for God. He can do anything He wants. There's no big deal about resurrections and people being raised to life and a virgin birth. God can do. He's a creator of the universe. The prophecy in Isaiah 17 and 14 also tells us Jesus would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. He's with us in every circumstance of life. In the best of times and in the very worst of times. He's here at all times. And so whatever you're going through this Christmas and from here on out, just remember you are not alone. You are never alone and you never will be alone. Jesus, God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. See, our God is not a far-off deity, just out there somewhere in the distant skies. No, he's personal, he's close, he's intimate. He sticks closer than a brother, and he cares for us in every season of our lives. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Now, I don't know what your year has been like. It may have been good. It may have been terrible. Maybe you've stood at the graveside of a loved one, or you lost your job, your home, your health, your marriage. There'll be people sitting here in each of those categories, I know. Yet in all these hardships, there is a sound for you and a voice from above that says, Emmanuel, I am with you. I will strengthen you. I will comfort you. I will encourage you like no one else ever can or is ever able to do. Please remember your Emmanuel this Christmas season. As you pass through the next days and into the next year, whatever's taking place, One of the greatest truths of Scripture. I think it was one of the great preachers said, and best of all, God is with us. And if God's with you, friends, that makes all the difference. You can have people with you, and that's great. You can have family with you, that's wonderful. You can have leaders with you, that's that's tremendous. You can have kids with you. But friends, that will never compare with God with you, and God with me, and God with us. Yes, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. God's gift of salvation is available to everyone. John 1.12, but it's, it's limited actually to those who receive him by faith. John 1.12 says, all who received him, that's the key word, all who received him to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become the children of God. It doesn't say all those who heard about Him became the children of God. we say It doesn't say that. It doesn't even say those who agreed with His teachings. Or all those who lived good lives and did great good deeds. It doesn't say that. Nor does it say those who regularly attend a church. It says, salvation only comes to those who believe in Him and receive him into their hearts as their saviour, God and king. As I wrap it up, there was a prisoner being taken out to die. As he rode along in the death cart, his heart was heavy, very heavy, at the thought of death, and nothing could cheer him as the gallows drew near then suddenly, a man came riding with speed towards the cart, bearing a free pardon. The man opened his eyes as if he had risen from the dead. His chair returned and all the gloom was chased away by the man bearing his pardon. He declared that day he never met a more wonderful person and nothing should ever be dearer to his heart than the pardon from death, the cart and the gallows. Friends, I was once In the death cart. And Jesus came to me with a pardon. Death and hell stood before me. And I was full thrilled beyond expression when I saw the nail prints in his hands and his feet and his pierced side. And then I heard these words all your sins are forgiven that day i received jesus into my heart it was the greatest moment of my life everything 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 changed nothing will ever compare with meeting my savior jesus christ the lord jesus Has no peer, he has no rival. He is the greatest of all. I was guilty, a condemned sinner, on my way to hell in the death cart. But because of the birth and death of Jesus, I am free. My sins are forgiven. My destination is heaven. Now that is the greatest story ever told. Merry Christmas, my friends.